Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Minority of One podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Angela Merkel. But instead of talking about Merkel or her career generally, we're going to specifically focus on an aspect of her time as the now former Chancellor of Germany, boy it feels good to say that, that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, her homophobia largely due to her stances in support of taking large numbers of refugees into Germany and her opposition to Donald Trump, both of which I agree with her on, Merkel has gotten a liberal reputation here in the U.S. But when you look at her record on gay rights, a very different picture emerges. The title of this episode is in reference to the fact that while she might look liberal on gay rights, if you compare her to Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, also known as MBS, and the second and third initial are a great description of him, by the way, she's actually more conservative on the issue than Boris Johnson. Now, Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, is a guy who doesn't really have a great record on LGBT rights or race issues. And in fact, I'd say that not being worse than him is kind of the bare minimum for being considered not a homophobe. I originally wanted to do this episode on another homophobic and transphobic and misogynistic bigot, Pope Francis. But I realized that while Francis is going to be Pope a lot longer, Merkel has thankfully just left office and hopefully won't be newsworthy a year from now. The Pope, incidentally, is technically a head of state like Merkel, since Vatican City is an independent government. There's a word for heads of state who serve for life and have absolute power. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't quite think of it. Before we get started, I want to clarify a couple of terms. The German parliament, which I will interchangeably refer to as the legislature, has two houses, the Bundestag and the Bundesrat. The Bundestag is directly elected by voters and pretty analogous to our House of Representatives. The Bundesrat is the other House of Parliament and is not elected by the public, but rather by state governments within Germany. It's most comparable to either the U.S. Senate before we started directly electing senators or to the British House of Lords today. Anyhow, without further ado, let's talk about why you probably shouldn't consider Merkel a good liberal or progressive if you support LGBT rights. Merkel was born in West Germany, but grew up in East Germany when the countries were separate during the Cold War. Her father was a minister in a German Lutheran church body, which in 2016 voted to finally allow ministers to bless same-sex weddings. This put the church behind some denominations and ahead of others. This reflects the fact that Lutheranism in general has tended to be more conservative on gay marriage than faith traditions like Congregationalism or Unitarianism, but more liberal than, say, the Catholic Church. Germany has had a very complicated relationship with LGBT rights. Polls have found that Germany is among the countries with the highest level of acceptance for both homosexuality and gay marriage. It is also one of just 21 countries which allow transgender people to serve openly in the military. At the same time, gay people were targeted for genocide by Hitler during the Holocaust. Before that, homosexuality was already against the law in Germany, but Berlin had also been the place where Karl Heinrich Ulrichs 
first proposed the concept of asexual orientation, and had later and Berlin had later gotten a reputation as a gay hub. It had an institute for sexual science that was run by a gay man named Magnus Hirschfeld, and which provided affirming counseling and treatment for gay and trans people. This was all before Hitler took power. At the time that Merkel was born, homosexuality was still illegal in Germany, and a lot of gay concentration camp survivors had been transferred to quote-unquote normal prisons by the Allies, rather than being released after the war the way most other concentration camp survivors were. Now, while Merkel had been born in the non-communist West Germany, she grew up predominantly in, commu in communist East Germany. Now, in general, communist countries have been pretty conservative on gay rights compared to a lot of Western capitalist nations. It's probably not a coincidence that every country to legalize gay marriage has been liberal capitalist or, depending on how you define the terms, social democratic. But East Germany was less bad than most communist countries on that score. And in 1968, homosexuality was legalized there. But that does not tell the full story. To quote Dr. Heidi Minning, but whereas the topic became popular in the West in the early 70s, and an identity movement drawing inspiration from the Weimar Republic and U.S. urban centers gained momentum, the handful of people who tried to create space for a similar movement in the East were thwarted at every turn by the GDR government and SED party. The government imposed and strictly enforced regulations, which forbade the organization of public meetings or events by individuals and groups not officially recognized by the state. Police force was used on numerous occasions to break up or prevent public gay and lesbian events. Centralized censorship prevented the presentation of homosexuality in print and electronic media, as well as the import of such materials. Apart from occasional jokes and swear words, schwul, meaning gay, and lesbisch, lesbian, were constructed to quote interviewees as quote-unquote unspeakable concepts. Far from the reappropriation, which were taking reappropriations, which were taking place in the West, and which encouraged people to challenge heterosexual hegemony by adopting the labels of gay and lesbian with pride, the Protestant Church, as the only officially sanctioned voice of opposition, provided physical space and printing facilities for various non-religious groups, including peace advocates, feminists, and gays and lesbians. This option was unacceptable to many gay men and lesbians for ideological reasons. Thus, while some of Merkel's father's fellow Protestant ministers might have provided some venues for gay Germans, it was arguably less likely for a teenager of her generation in East Berlin to have had much exposure to gay people compared to a contemporary teenager in, say, Toronto, London, New York City, or quite possibly West Berlin, where homosexuality was legalized nationwide in 1969. The next thing you need to know about to understand Merkel's homophobia is the story of the Christian Democratic Union, or CDU. The CDU is her party, the one which I'm happy to say just got the shellacking of a lifetime at the polls. According to DW, DW? that's the state-owned German broadcaster, not the little sister from Arthur, quote, the CDU was founded in West Germany in 1950, in the aftermath of World War II, 
as a gathering pool for all of Germany's Christian conservative voters, end quote. DW also explains that the party draws its support largely from voters who are over 60, go to church regularly, and live in rural areas, and has also historically attracted support from many Germans with lower levels of education. Now, as one might imagine, this is not the kind of coalition that is likely to produce a very gay-friendly party, though it should also be noted that the Social Democratic Party, also known as SDP, which has long support which has long supported LGBT rights, also has a largely older base. Many of the original CDU members who joined the party when it was formed in 1945 had been members of what was called the Center Party before World War II. The Center Party, reflecting its name, was a sort of moderate conservative Catholic party, similar to the CDU in many ways, while members of the party joined with Social Democrats to vote to legalize interracial marriage in the German Reichstag, i.e. Parliament, in 1912, they also voted in 1933 for the Enabling Act, which the SDP fiercely opposed. This act gave the German Chancellor at the time emergency powers, that Chancellor being Adolf Hitler. They were rewarded by having their party banned. Ironically, the Center Party oddly paralleled the German Communist Party, vis-a-vis alternately opposing and sucking up to the Nazis, while leaving the Social Democrats to fight the good fight against the Fuhrer. What all of this illustrates is the way in which many of the CDU's moderate conservative political predecessors have had an alternately adversarial and collaborative relationship with extreme social conservatives in Germany. This parallels the CDU's alternately adversarial and collaborative relationship with extreme social conservatives in more recent years, such as the right-wing crypto-Nazi alternative for Germany party. Unsurprisingly, as demands for gay rights rose in West Germany during the Cold War, support amongst politicians came mostly from the Social Democrats and eventually the Green Party. In 1969, Social Democrats in the West German Parliament, led by figures such as Adolf Arndt, allied with lawyers and gay activists, and successfully pushed for legalizing homosexuality. This was largely despite the fact that they only controlled Parliament through a coalition with CDU members that included ex-Nazis like Chancellor Kurt Keisinger. The mostly libertarian Free Democratic Party was sympathetic to gay rights, as true libertarians worldwide generally have been. In 1973, they worked with social democrats in parliament to make age of consent laws less unequal. To clarify, the age of consent for homosexuality and heterosexuality was not equalized throughout Germany until 1994. But the FDP was effectively a junior party of the CDU and was scared of angering the proverbial the proverbial 600-pound gorilla of pro-capitalist German politics. In contrast to the U.S., where two rival parties basically control everything, Germany has a much larger number of parties that often have to build coalitions with each other to get a parliamentary majority. This was the backdrop under which Merkel entered the Bundestag, the rough German equivalent of the House of Representatives, in 1990, and under which she became leader of the CDU in 2000. It is also not a coincidence 
that gay people were first allowed to serve in the German military under Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder, a social democrat who formed a coalition with Greens, not the CDU. It is also not a coincidence that Germany's laws requiring trans people to both have a sex change operation and be sterilized before changing their gender were struck down in 2011 by a federal constitution court headed by an SDP judge rather than by any branches of the government that were, that were controlled by the CDU. Now, this year, Merkel criticized Hungary's law, banning children from seeing anything LGBT-related. Hence, she's less homophobic than Mohammed bin Salman, or for that matter, Viktor Orban. She's even less homophobic than George W. Bush. After becoming chancellor in 2005, Merkel supported certain gay rights reforms. But if one looks only at the gay rights policies, which passed during her, her tenure, one gets the impression that Merkel has been much more LGBT-friendly than she actually has been. Louise Davidson Smitch of the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies discussed some of the liberal LGBT rights policies enacted under Merkel's chancellorship, such as banning workplace discrimination against gay people, allowing non-celibate gay men to donate blood, banning anti-gay conversion therapy for minors, and allowing intersex and or non-binary Germans to identify as quote-unquote diverse for legal purposes. But as Davidson Smitch explains, quote, Many of the above legal changes came not at the impetus of Merkel's CDU slash CSU, however, but were prompted by pressure from their SPD coalition partner, federal constitutional court decisions, EU pressure from Brussels, the, or the European Court of Justice, or at the encouragement of the United Nations and domestic interest organizations. And many of these policies were, to quote the article, quote, the bare minimum needed to comply with court or EU rulings, end quote. It is important to understand that German policymaking operates differently from the U.S. Heads of state have to negotiate significantly more with, more with political parties that they are not members of. It is easier to enact policies that heads of state are not enthusiastic about. And Germany is bound to the EU and its decisions in ways that the U.S. is not bound to, say, the U.N., Davidson Smitch concludes by writing that, quote, as of 2021, the International Lesbian and Gay Association, ILGA, also ranked Germany 12th of the EU countries in their Rainbow Europe ranking of LGBT rights. While Merkel's government took many steps forward toward gender equality and full citizenship for sexual minorities, steps that seemed improbable in 2005, it is also likely that these steps were far smaller than what might have occurred had the SDP slash Green slash FDP slash left parties led the government. At any rate, her virulent homophobia shines bright with her longtime opposition to gay marriage. When Merkel became chancellor, gay couples in Germany were being forced to settle for civil partnerships. In the U.S., many would call these partnerships civil unions. John Lewis called them separate but equal. Of course, while separate is never equal, Merkel didn't even want German gay couples to have the equal part even in theory. The tax code that she favored blatantly favored married heterosexual couples over gay couples who were in quote-unquote civil partnerships. While gay adoption was not entirely banned, gay couples were not given the same joint adoption rights 
that heterosexual German couples got. All of this was condoned by Merkel. In 2012, when British Conservative Prime Minister David Cameron, then U.S. President Barack Obama, and current president and at the time Vice President Joe Biden were all speaking up for gay marriage and families, Merkel voted against even reforming the tax laws to make them materially equal. Let me say this again. She not only favored the separate part of separate but equal, she also voted against the equal part. And she expressly condemned the idea of gay couples raising kids, saying that she saw, mar- that she saw quote, marriage directly linked to the family, and both are under the special protection of the state, end quote. In 2013, as explained by Claudia Brackholt, a German political writer, the SDP-led federal constitutional court, quote, ruled that successive adoption, meaning when one partner has an adopted child and the other adopts after a certain period of time, is lawful in registered partnerships. Until now, only traditional marriages had that right, end quote. While with several of Merkel's parliamentary allies denouncing the decision, Brackhold said that the chancellor had, quote, no way out, end quote, of addressing the issue and predicted that Merkel be, and predicted that Merkel would be pressured into shifting views. As Brackhold put it, if, quote, if Merkel, however, decides to support gay rights, she will face pushback from the conservative wing of her party. Indecision is unlikely to satisfy both sides for much longer. It might be said that Brackhold did not give Merkel enough credit for being able to triangulate her way around issues where most of her party took stances that the majority of Germans found bigoted. She continued to oppose both equal marriage and adoption rights for gay couples. It also has to be understood that this is not the equivalent of opposing gay marriage in 1990, 2000, or even 2010. By the end of 2012, not only were heads of state like Cameron and Obama supporting gay marriage, but it had already been legalized in many Western European countries and in countries in other parts of the world, ranging from Canada to South Africa to Argentina. In 2013, Merkel stated that, stated that she had, quote, difficulties, end quote, with gay adoption and that, quote, I am unsure what is good for the child, and this uncertainty I would simply like to be allowed to express without wanting to discriminate against anyone, end quote. That year, a poll found that 74% of Germans were for gay marriage, significantly higher than in the U.S. at the time. While support was highest among Social Democrats and Green Party members, almost two-thirds of CDU members also told pollsters that they favored marriage equality. Ergo, Merkel was conservative on gay marriage, even compared to many of her contemporaries, including many of her voters. Why has Merkel's homophobia been so overlooked abroad, despite her international fame? I suspect that some of it has to do with the groundbreaking nature of her chancellorship. While the U.S. has still not elected a female president, a failure I find rather embarrassing, Merkel is an example of a woman who not only made it to the top of her country's government, but also maintained that position for 16 years through four different U.S. presidents. It is impossible not to acknowledge the way in which her election shattered the glass ceiling, even if, like me, you don't think she's been a good chancellor. Thus, it is very understandable that some leftists in other countries would respect Merkel to an extent, 
But I do not think that that fully explains the admiration for Merkel on the international left. Margaret Thatcher was the first female British prime minister in an era when female elected heads of state were far less common than today. And even today, of course, they are not that common, sadly. But I would venture to say that at no point did the left-wing admiration for her come close, uh, her being Thatcher, to the left-wing admiration for Merkel. Michelle Goldberg, just to give you an example, a liberal columnist, wrote a piece for the New York Times this year praising a pro-Merkel biography without referencing the chancellor's homophobia. The author of the book, Katie Martone, while not exactly a left-wing radical, voted for Biden and criticized Trump vocally. I suspect that there are a couple of other extenuating circumstances that explain Merkel's popularity with people who disagree with her on issues like gay marriage. Part of it has to do with the issue of refugees. When the Syrian refugee crisis worsened in 2015, Merkel made the admirable decision to take in large numbers of refugees, despite a large amount of backlash from many Germans. This is arguably the stance of hers, which has received the most international press coverage. In all probability, more leftists in countries like the U.S., are familiar with her liberal stance on refugees than are familiar with her conservative stance on gay people. The second reason may have to do with Merkel's well-known rocky relationship with Donald Trump. Thatcher was seen as an ally to Reagan, so Americans who disliked, Ra who disliked Reagan were probably more inclined to dislike Thatcher by extension, whereas if you dislike Trump, you may instinctively find a kindred spirit with Merkel, at least until you bring up gay rights around her. Now, this is also probably why Theresa May, who served at the, as the second ever female British prime minister from 2016 through 2019, never garnered the popularity with leftists abroad that Merkel did. While a member of the British Conservative Party, May was, like her conservative predecessor David Cameron and her conservative predecessor Boris Johnson, more progressive than Merkel was on gay marriage. Frankly, to find a British prime minister with more conservative gay marriage views than Merkel's, you'd have to start digging up graves since every current or former British prime minister alive today has supported gay marriage since 2013 or earlier. But May had a bad habit of kissing up to Trump, so she was not popular with American leftists in the same way that Merkel was. You'd be hard-pressed to find an American leftist who thinks that May was a good prime minister. But indeed, the pro-refugee stance that helped win her left-wing admirers may have pushed Merkel to come to the bargaining table on gay marriage, though it must be reiterated she never actually dropped her opposition to gay marriage. Her support of refugees was unpopular with many members of her own party, as well as with other socially conservative parties in Germany. Merkel had already defied the wishes of many German social conservatives with another laudable stance earlier in the decade. She had backed an end to conscription and a shift to an all-volunteer military. This is another stance of hers, like her refugee stance, which I agree with. You know, so, so I, I agree with her that people should not be forced into the military, so I kind of want to give the devil her due here. But thus, it seems at least possible that Merkel may have been feeling the pressure to forge new governing coalitions with more socially progressive parties as German right-wingers increasingly soured on her. By 2017 a poll found that 75% of Germans favored gay adoption and 83% favored gay marriage, 
once again, markedly higher than, the, than in the U.S., where gay marriage had been legal nationwide since 2015. As we've discussed, parties in Germany gain power through coalitions with other parties, and some of Merkel's stances on issues not directly related to LGBT rights had made the more hardcore socially conservative parties reluctant to caucus with the CDU. Federal elections in Germany were set to take place in September of 2017. Merkel likely knew that with over 30 parties running and six parties likely to win some seats, gaining an outright CDU majority was far from certain. In 2013, the previous federal election year, the CDU had massively expanded its number of seats while still falling just short of a majority. To continue controlling the German government, coalitions would likely once again be needed. Writing for The Guardian, Philip Olterman explained, quote, The center-right CDU, which has been governing as senior partner in a coalition with the center-left SPD since 2013, has said it prefers to amend legislation so couples in a civil partnership have the same tax status and adoption rights as married couples. Coming less than three months before federal elections, Merkel's comments could take the wind out of her critic sails and open her party up to the widest possible range of post-election coalitions. The Social Democrats, the German Greens, and the resurgent liberal Free Democratic Party have all signaled that they would make possible CDU opposition to gay marriage a red line in coalition talks. This pressured Merkel into doing something she had previously resisted, allowing a conscience vote in the legislature. A conscience vote refers to a situation when members of a party are allowed to vote however they want on a proposal rather than following the orders of party leadership. It was believed that there were adequate numbers of gay rights supporters in the legislature to help legalize gay marriage and joint adoption of children by gay couples. These numbers of gay rights supporters included a minority of CDU members who it was believed would cross party lines to vote for marriage and adoption equality if a conscience vote was allowed. Now, since the Bundesrat had already voted twice for gay marriage and was pressuring Merkel to change her stance, the main challenge was getting the Bundstadt to pass it. Once Merkel suggested that she would support a conscience vote, as DW explains, quote, the way was paved for a vote on Monday night when Merkel said she wanted the issue to become one of conscience, suggesting that she would allow a free vote among her own divided party. Her social democrat rival for the role of chancellor, Martin Schulz, pounced on Merkel's comments the next day, advocating an immediate vote in Parliament before September's elections. The bill was put on the agenda for the last day before the summer break by the center-left Social Democrats, SPD, the Greens, and the Left Party. Merkel's CDU-slash-CSU block had criticized the SPD's move, saying that they had previously agreed not to hold a parliamentary vote on the issue during their coalition, end quote. It seemed that if Merkel knew gay marriage would soon be legalized, she would like to at least delay it a bit longer out of spite. She suggested that her views on gay adoption had shifted. According to Alterman, quote, Merkel claimed that a visit to the home of a lesbian couple looking after eight foster children in her constituency in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern had led her to reconsider her position. 
if youth welfare officers were happy to trust same-sex couples to look after eight children, then it was difficult for the state to use child welfare as part of its argument against adoption by LGBT people. Her views on gay marriage, however, had very much not shifted. On Friday, June 25th, 2017, the Bunstag voted for a bill giving gay couples equal marriage and adoption rights. Two years earlier, the U.S. Supreme Court had legalized gay marriage on Friday, June 26, 2015. 192 SDP members voted yay, with one member not voting. 63 members of the left party voted yay, with one member not voting. The Green Party voted yay unanimously. 75 CDU members voted yay, while 225 voted nay. Four abstained, and five did not vote. Merkel was one of the 225 nay votes. On July 2nd, the Bundesrat approved the bill also. Segments of the liberal press abroad, prone to fawning over Myrtle, were rather misleading. The LA Times shamelessly published a column entitled, quote, How Dinner with a Lesbian Couple Changed Angela Merkel's Position on Same-Sex Marriage, end quote. Veering straight from misleading headlines to outright factual errors, the column went on to state that Merkel was, quote, abruptly signaling her support for same-sex marriage. This was, of course, not true. Merkel had voted against gay marriage two days before this article ran. In the U.S., members of both parties are generally allowed to vote as they see fit on LGBT rights issues. And, for example, Senator Lisa Murkowski recently voted to allow trans women to compete in women's sports, with Republican representatives Tom Reed, John Katko, and Brian Fitzpatrick voting for the Equality Act. Imagine if the LA Times published columns talking about how Mitch McConnell had decided to support trans athletes, or how Kevin McCarthy had decided to support the Equality Act. This sounds ludicrous, but this is essentially what the LA Times was doing with Merkel in their quest to venerate her. The Guardian avoided outright factual errors, but was highly misleading with how they titled Alterman's column, using the headline, quote, How Dinner with a Lesbian Couple Changed Angela Merkel's Mind About Same-Sex Marriage, end quote. As it turns out, while Merkel's views on gay marriage were not correct, her political calculations were. In September, the CDU remained the party with the largest number of Bundestag seats, but also lost a total of 65 seats. Meanwhile, the far-right alternative for Germany went from having zero seats to 94. To hold an outright majority, a party needed 355 seats in 2017. The CDU was left with 246. While the Green and FDP parliamentarians refused a coalition, the SDP continued that coalition with the CDU. Combined, the CDU and SDP were able to control a majority of parliament. Thus, Merkel had correctly surmised that her homophobia was about to cost her party control of the legislature, and decided she loved power more than making life miserable for gay people. Still, the Chancellor and her merry band of bigots continued to leave their mark on German family law. Writing in Reuters, Pratham Nair described in 2019 how, quote, when German IT professor Sarah Kinsbach had her first child, 
it took six months of lengthy checks for her female partner to be legally recognized as a co-parent. Had her partner been a man, it would have happened automatically, end quote. Acknowledging that the 2017 vote, quote, made it possible for gay people to adopt in Germany, where only married couples are eligible, end quote, they went on to explain that, quote, as things stand, a married man can automatically be recognized as the father of a child, even if he is not the biological parent, under the concept of fictiver vaterschaft, or notional paternity, end quote, while same-sex parents are not afforded that same right. When a woman named Inga attempted to be recognized as the second mother of her wife Jenny's child, she had to undergo a massive background check. Inga explained to Reuters that, quote, they asked me for a medical certificate, an HIV test, my criminal records, a self-written report of my life, and photos of me with the child, among other things. Reuters columnist Enrique Anarte reported that, quote, Inga was traumatized by the nine-month wait to be recognized as the mother of her son, born in 2018. She had to take him to the hospital multiple times when he fell seriously ill, as Jenny had returned to work, but she had no legal parenting rights. I was not allowed to take any decision regarding his health, said Inga, who declined to give her full name as the case involving her parental rights over her second child, filed in December, is ongoing. Quote, end quote. If these restrictions were applied equally to adoption by heterosexual couples, that would be one thing, but as was just stated, they are not. Rather, they are applied specifically to gay couples, based on an assumption that both parents in a heterosexual couple are the child's biological parents, regardless of any actual reality. As of the year of our Lord 2021, this kind of discrimination is still being challenged in court. Parliament rejected a law proposed by Green Party members to eliminate the discrimination, and a similar bill proposed by Social Democrats never made it for a vote. In May of 2021, Parliament also rejected proposals by FDP and Green Party members to allow trans people to self-identify without requiring a medical certificate. But there is hope for a better tomorrow. In late 2018, Merkel revealed that she would not be seeking re-election when the next federal elections took place in 2021. And in September of 2021, voters decided to give Merkel a special party gift. The CDU received arguably its largest ever election loss, winning less than a quarter of the popular vote, which was almost nine points worse than in 2017, and resulted in them losing 49 Bundestag seats. While the left party unfortunately lost 30 seats, the alternative for Germany, Germany lost 9, and the Free Democratic Party won 12 new seats. The Greens and Social Democrats did better. The Greens experienced their best performance ever, winning 51 new seats. The biggest beneficiaries were the Social Democrats, who gained 53 seats, leaving them with the largest number of Bundestag seats of any German party for the first time in over 15 years. This made the new chancellor a social democrat who has recently taken office. His name is Olaf Scholz, and I certainly expect that he will be a better chancellor than Angela Merkel ever was. Another social democrat named Barbel Bass became the, the uh, third woman to serve as Germany's rough equivalent to Speaker of the House. Additionally, Green Party members Tessa Ganserer and Nike Slowick 
became the first trans people elected to parliament. Because of how well the Social Democrats, Free Democrats, and Greens had done, they now held a combined total of 416 seats, 47 more than those required for a majority, and opted to form a governing coalition without the CDU. It looks as if reform in areas such as self-identification and adoption law may be on the horizon. In some ways, Merkel is a lot like a fictional chancellor, Chancellor Palpatine from the Star Wars saga. Both are legitimately tough, but not good people, who present themselves as cool, likable old folks looking out for their people's best interests, even though they are actually authoritarian and dangerous when you take a closer look. But while I was incredibly excited to see Palpatine return in Rise of Skywalker, because let's face it, who wanted Kylo Ren as the lead villain, I am very much hoping that from now on, Angela Merkel stays far, far away from politics. Ha, 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 ha